I can't believe I won. And you still got people out there with double masks and face shields and shit. Look into it. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Look Into It Tonight. We're talking all old world order, a.k.a. Tartaria, with Michelle Gibson. How you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great, Eddie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the... the the video that got me that you did is just, it's just filled with so much information. I forgot what the video is called, but it was basically you breaking down the wild west. And I, what was the name of that? that? Was that your most popular video? That one? You, 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 is, you <laughs> it's like, um, I want to say it's called Shapers of the New Narrative. I think it was called that. I, I don't remember, but it, man, I had so much information on on um like all the fakery with uh the wild west narrative is just insane and um and basically basically we're, we're we're looking at like the 1700s and the 1800s like what really happened during those centuries you know it's just the the old world order yeah this is it right here yes yeah, exactly exactly yes. oh man that is such a entertaining uh, piece of work you did there it's fascinating um uh, where where did you grow up i grew up in the gaithersburg rockville maryland area in montgomery county so i grew up about 20 miles from washington dc and when you were growing up what did you want to be uh, when you grew up <laughs> well that's actually why i joined the army oh, okay. i grew up in a, an affluent suburb and 90% plus of high school grads went to college when I was going to school there. And in my family, it wasn't, are you going to college? It was, where are you going to college? So I was always knew I was going to go to college, but I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I spent my first year in junior college, changing my major every week. And then in spring of 1982, I joined the Army. <laughs> How many years did you do the Army for? I, I was in for one tour, so four, basically four years for all intents and purposes. And what did you do in the Army? Did you, were you a grunt or were you like a, no, I, as a nurse? No, um, I was in military intelligence and signal intelligence and um, the misnomer or at least it sounds like it is with my uh, job description was non-morse interceptor but i had to learn the morse code as part of my job training and and so there's two parts to this story one is that i've been interested in hidden history i guess for as far back as i can remember and i started noticing things where i was growing up at a young age so I was like filing things in my memory bank that came back when I really first started becoming aware of this ancient advanced civilization that's actually hidden in the landscape all around us and the forms of earthworks and things like that. 
Um, so you have some places that are called mounds or have mounds there and they're designated, but, but mounds are everywhere. And I grew up next to a golf, a golf course. And so I grew up with all of these earthworks. I think I grew up on a flat top pyramid because our house was on the flattest lot on the street and it was shaped like a boomerang. And as you went down the street, it got steeper and steeper and then it flattened out on the other end. And so I had a golf course on one side of me. And then when I would walk to school, uh, we didn't have bus service to high school because it was close enough that they said, oh, you don't need one. Um, it was in between two, two earthworks, just kind of going a long distance. And, and when so you, when, you say, when you say earthworks, what is that exactly? Just think golf course, you know, the same kind of rounded, smooth geometric shapes. Yeah. And, and I, I really do believe that golf courses are, are mounds and they just dig the sand trap out of the top and that they originally had some kind of different function. I don't think they were burial mounds per se, though that's what we're told. Um, as far as mounds go, I think they had some kind of energy function on a sophisticated grid system. So, so um, now you're you're in the army, and uh, you you said you were military intelligence. What what were you uh, uh, specializing in in that field? Like, um... so so I was in the army. Um, when I first thought about it, it was like I was sitting at work one day, thinking, "How am I going to pay for college?" <laughs> I had a scholarship for my junior college, and I picked up the phone and I called the army recruiter, and um, he said, "Hey, you." you want to be in military intelligence. And I said, okay. And so I took a couple of different tests and ended up in, in the field of signals intelligence. Um, so when I was in the service was when I started to unplug from the matrix and I traveled, you know, I was stationed in Germany. I was st actually stationed at Fort Meade in Maryland and then I, as soon as I got out of the army, I, I started college outside of Baltimore in Maryland and got my degree over the next three years in social work and psychology. And I was a geriatric social worker for about 13 years. So I worked in nursing homes activities, um, activities in social work, assisted living, that kind of thing. Okay, then how did you... Um... <clears throat> What, what um so at an early age you were already kind of um curious about uh our history right and uh what we're living on and uh like i every time i fly across the united states i'm always looking down and looking at all the especially like uh, southern utah and southern like um yeah. uh nevada i'm like i, I would love to, before, like, you know, I, re I realized um, what the hell we're on, um, I would always wonder a couple things. One is like, I wish I, I, I wish there was a time elapsed video of how all these canyons and mountains were formed. Like, how, what happened here? There's just something that there's like, this shit just doesn't um, appear. There's like all the mountains and the canyons and uh, like all like uh, northern Arizona, like all across the United States, really. And it's so empty. And then all these lines that are clearly man-made lines, it looks like, are they about 
are they preparing to build a city or was this gonna be a city and they scrapped it there's so many spots in the united states in the middle of nowhere and they got all these it looks like they're planning cities and they just never did it or maybe they're gonna do it or maybe they wiped out a city that was there before it was it's insane and i and i always thought man this place is empty that we're on there's there's not there's no overpopulation it's everywhere i look it's empty 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 i always felt like we should be born with a plot of land like like an acre or two everybody can have an acre or two right even if it's in the middle of nowhere even if it's in the middle of kansas give me my little plot of land that uh i'm entitled to right yeah exactly and you know what we're taught is well you know deserts are natural so you've got a whole swath of the western part of the of North America and I was going to say US but it goes up into Canada and it goes down into Mexico you know and you know you get to about midway through the continental United States and it's, it's just brown and not only is it brown it's 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 just got unfathomable spots that you you just can't even explain it looks like a something hit it <laughs> yeah something obliterated it and the same thing is true of the Sahara. And if you look at deserts around the world, it wasn't just over, you know, however many thousands or hundreds of thousands of years that that happened. I think it happened in a, in a very finite period of time and, um, and, and wiped and literally wiped it out. So I, you know, I think that the earth has been under attack. The grids have been under attack. Humanity has for sure been under attack by um, negative forces that saw an opportunity to come in and take over everything. And, you know, we're seeing that play out today. You know, we're on, have front row seats to this Orwellian world (laughs) that we've been told about, you know, in the books we read and the movies we watch and all that stuff. And it's like, and we're there. It's like, all of the the crazy social agendas that are playing out and um you know the it's for the first time it's been exposed you know this i don't know i I don't use the word plot or not but let's just say there's been this agenda you know and you hear about agenda 21 2021 agenda 2030 what's that all about what's bilderbergers all about what are all these secret societies all about and um, who's behind it? And we kind of know, but they've managed to keep it from us up until the, the internet, basically. You know, and that's what started, you know, the, the crack in the veneer. You know, piercing the veil, as I call my, my website, Piercing the Veil of Illusion. Um, for those with eyes to see, it's, it's pretty darn clear right now that something's very wrong. And and so for the first time, we're really able to see it. So so just to kind of go back to the kinds of things I was interested in as a kid, because I was born in 63, a couple of months before Kennedy was assassinated. So I, I, I was not of that generation that grew up with computers. I was in college by the time they started coming in the Internet. And then I was out of college and into my work when I, you know, first started learning about windows and things like that for work so 
I'm of that generation when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, that the internet started coming in. So what did we have available to us before the internet? We had books like Chariots of the Gods. We had In Search of and Unsolved Mysteries, which I loved, Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. And whatever was available, I I would watch, which wasn't much back then. And then when I was in the Army, I got an archaeology encyclopedia that had a picture of Machu Picchu on the front. And I think it was probably with that that I, I started to have an interest in megaliths, you know, the huge stone yes. um, structures that you see in Peru and in other places around the world. And so, you know, file that away and... As more information became available, it would be those kinds of things that I would gravitate to. And, you know, with the idea that everything evolved separately and different cultures were responsible for different things, you know, it just, it's like you can look at it, you can make educated guesses, but you still don't have the full picture because there's a <laughs> huge pieces that are missing. Um, and... And to kind of go back a little bit, um, I got married right after I graduated from college in 89. I married um, a, former, a retired Army sergeant. And um, with that, I moved away from where I grew up completely. So all the things that would have been expected of me in, under normal circumstances, had I stayed put, um, it would have been very difficult for me to be where I am with this today. I, I don't think I would be if I had... And Explain not that. had that experience. What, so your husband, your husband had something to do with um, where you're at now? Well, he, he said, we're moving to Texas. <laughs> we were Actually, we were living in New Mexico near his family in Texas after we got married. Instead of staying in the uh, Baltimore, Washington area where I was close to my family. And um, there would have been a lot of pull for me to stay closer to family had that not been the case. So I got married and we were on our way to New Mexico the next day and stationed at um, or near Cannon Air Force Base. And that's in Clovis, New Mexico. And so I moved away from the, the East Coast, you know, with a long established history to the Southwest. And I lived in New Mexico for five years. And then we moved to Fairbanks, Alaska. And lived there what, for five years. What did, what did New Mexico and Alaska have to do with where you're at now? I think one was just actually making different decisions and experiencing a different way of life and different history from, you know, the original 13 colonies and that settledness that was that I experienced growing up on the East Coast where everybody's all living close together and things like that. When I moved to New Mexico, a um, lot less people, yes. um, flat, <laughs> you know, the, the overall appearance is there's not any trees. Um, it's it just a different way of life. And I mean, where I grew up, it made you notice it and it made you notice like, wow, this is way different than the East Coast. What's the history of the Southwest, right? Is that how you got into it? it that, was, that was part of it, but just experiencing different, being comfortable with change. Because in order 
to get new information and you, you really have to be willing to let go of what you think you know. <laughs> and it just, just seeing a different lifestyle. Um, when we lived in New Mexico, there was one high school, so there was one football, football team for the entire community. And when I, where I grew up in Maryland, there was like 30 high schools. So it wasn't like the Friday night event that it was in that part of the world. Um, seeing different things, traveling through that area. Um, so, you know, talking about the landscape and how it looks and how it looks on the ground, you know, and going to different places um, around in that area, you know, just, just totally different landscape. Um, and then in Alaska, I guess that's kind of where I started getting hooked into just a different way of looking at the world spiritually and, um, you know, being open to uh, the kinds of things that allow for just more than one way of looking at it, at life. And so when I was growing up in Maryland, I went to church and, you know, had a fairly conventional upbringing that way. Um, and as I started to move further and further away from that, I, I, I had the experience of seeing life differently than just that one way. And again, that's something that helped my awakening. And um, my husband died, it's kind of a long story, but we moved to Wyoming in 99. And then my husband died in 2001. Um, I know now that it was the complications of Agent Orange, but we didn't know at the time what was going on. And he started to, you know, he went from one health problem to a different health problem until finally his organ systems were giving way. And um, he died from basically systems failure. And we were in the process of moving back east to where my family was in Florida. And he passed away in the hospital before we could before he could go with me. He was too sick to travel. Wow. And and so I spent four years kind of having a, a some difficult life experiences as a result of, of that changes. And and when I finally decided to take control of my own life, I went back to Alaska in 2006. And from 2006 to the present, it's just been... Sam Tripley and I are coming to your town. Catch us on the road doing tinfoil hat comedy. Follow me on Instagram at tinfoil hat comedy night. Go to samtripley.com for more information and to buy your tickets. See you on the road. So you were, you got, you guys went to New Mexico, Texas, Alaska, and then Wyoming. And then you went back to Alaska. No, well, I went, yeah, I went first. I headed back east and, and tried being around normal yeah <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't me anymore so i headed back to alaska in 2006 what was it about was, alaska what was it about alaska that brought you back one I, I really loved it and another is i had a lot of friends there um i had built a fairly strong foundation when i was there before um the only reason we moved to begin with was my husband's health was starting to go really downhill and so, um, but, the, but that's all been part of the journey too. And had I not, had I been with somebody that just wanted to just 
stay in place. Um, he may not have made the same choices that we made together on his own, but he gave me the freedom to to kind of be in that kind of space where we weren't just in one sp one spot. Nice. And I don't know why that's important to me other than all of the different life experiences that I have have had in my life have brought me into doing the type of research that I'm doing and the level of understanding that I have about what's taken place here, who was here, who was behind it, what they did, how they did it, <laughs> you know. And I've got a website and a YouTube channel, and I've been doing this work for over five and a half years. And um, I've got a lot of information. And even if, even if someone doesn't agree with my conclusions, I've got so much material that covers different aspects of it that there's, there's just a lot <laughs> to choose from. And, one, and thing I, um, one thing I liked about your video is you actually, the video I saw, you didn't really make any conclusions. You were just, you were just giving out the information and you were just showing all this, this, um, this evidence of uh, a false history. And you weren't really like, that's what I, you were just, you were just like, uh, rapid fire just so much i had to watch it a couple of times going whoa there's just so much information and now every most people uh, truth seekers they got you know the the first things you get into are like uh, the graham hancock stuff and like um mm -hmm. par the pyramids like the, like the super obvious stuff like yeah the pyramids are f insane and uh go beckley Tepe, all that stuff um all the stuff in Peru, all the stuff you see on um, the History Channel with ancient aliens and all that stuff. Everybody was into that. Like I was super into that. Did did you ever? I'm sure you have. But um, the 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 DVD series Magical Egypt. You remember that? Not that. Not that. But um, Graham Hancock was a doorway for a lot of us. Yes, and John read, Anthony West, right? You remember John Anthony? A little West? bit. Yeah, um, not as much on my journey, though I did come across his work. Um, Robert Boval and the Orion, I want to say it's called the Orion Mystery or something like that, where the belt stars of Orion line up with the Pyramids of Giza. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, information like that I started coming across when I went back to Alaska in 2006. And so I read Fingerprints of the Gods. Um, I took a Flower of Life workshop about sacred geometry shortly after that um and i i just happened to be in a place and a space where that information was just starting to kind of come through um and i was actually working for the the fairbanks chamber of commerce during most of that time <laughs> that was an interesting experience as well by that time i i had long been out of the geriatric social work and um i've always been a, a very fast typist and I'm good at taking minutes and things like that. So I, I worked in that capacity where I was um, committee and projects coordinator for the chamber. And I did that for about five years. And so, you know, just at one example is I had a friend who's, who loved books and she ended up with the book collection of the retiring president of the University of Alaska and Fairbanks. And some of these books were in that collection <laughs> that I picked up and like, oh, I'll look at that and I'll look at that. And so that, that period of time was part of my 
waking up to this alternative version of history. And I still wasn't doing my own work at that time, but I was, I was like getting this information coming in that informed me. Um, you know, and again, I still couldn't get enough of it. And then somewhere around 2010, 2011, I, I found megalithomania conferences online. And those are organized primarily by Hugh Newman, who's an English dowser. And other big names are involved with it, like Michael Tellinger and Klaus Dona and, you know, other people that first season I saw that I'm like, <laughs> you know, I can't get enough of this stuff. Wayne Herschel and his work involved um, like pyramid complexes and cities that mirror the constellations and things like that. So, you know, I was just getting all this information, wanting more. And, um, and then I had a finding, which basically was the beginning of my original research when I started blogging. And then I started making videos for my blog posts. And then the other thing that happened that kind of sealed the deal for me, me in terms of putting out the whole picture is that I met a Moorish American man in the mid uh, around 2006 to 2012 because I had moved from Fairbanks to Oklahoma to help my brother with my mom so this is another part of my journey haven't lived in Fairbanks since so I moved from Fairbanks in 2012 2012 to 2016, I was living in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City area, and that was when the picture really started to come into focus. And um, what was it about that move? What was it about Oklahoma? It, it's just Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana were the heart of the ancient Washita Empire, the Washita Moors, and they're also known as the ancient ones. And um, tell me a little bit about they, that. So, <laughs> this Take place wasn't uninhabited. <laughs> I was going to say this place wasn't uninhabited when the European colonizers came here, and they weren't uncivilized. Well, so, not only so, were they not uncivilized, they were the builders of the of everything. <laughs> so, so the the official narrative is Columbus discovered America. There was a bunch of Indians here, and then little by little, uh, Europe sent colonizers and then you know it started on the east coast and then slowly moved its way to the west coast um and it was just indians and uh, like the mexican indians too like aztecs so what so what what in your opinion based on your research what did they get wrong and what what are they leaving out the moors <laughs> moors like, are they're lying are from like the, <laughs> moors are from the, the middle east right the moors were worldwide <clears throat> And and that actually the word has M-U in it. So the Washita were, are the Washita M-U apostrophe U-R-S, Washita Moors, which is, they go back in time. They're called the ancient ones and the mound builders, and they go back to Lemuria. And then it's it was like the same civilization that we would know of as Atlantis up until relatively recently. So what I'm I'm saying, what I believe is there was a relatively recent cataclysm. The sinking of Atlantis was not that long ago. That was a worldwide civilization 
and that these ancient people, the original people, the Aboriginal, the indigenous, were kicked back to the Stone Age, and their legacies and works were falsely credited and misattributed to other people and other civilizations. But it was all one harmonious worldwide civilization, known best as Tartaria, but there were empires within empires. So Tartaria was like Asia. So that would have been like Tibet, China, Japan, Korea, Russia. And then Barbaria was North Africa. Um, and, you know, again, there's been so much information that's lost. It's kind of generally speaking, you had the um, Ottoman Empire, the Mughal Empire. All of these were part of the original empire. And when, when the colonizers and controllers and cabal or whatever you want to call them came in and wiped that clean, they didn't rewrite history from scratch. They they put their own spin on it and their own version on it and gave us what we're, we're taught in school today. And I learned a number of years ago from like Foster Gamble and the Thrive website that the Rockefellers were involved in the American educational system from the get-go, starting around 1850, 1851, 1852, when compulsory education came in and, and kids were mandated to learn this new stuff. So, so you're saying, based on the, your research, that mm -hmm. there was a worldwide uh, empire. Some people call it Tartaria, but uh, mm -hmm. it has like different, you know, um, names. Or uh, uh, now, if someone asked you, like, okay, so how did you figure this out? What books and what do you? How how did you come to this conclusion? So for me. Other than just knowing that from other researchers like Graham Hancock and other people that there were these, um, the same things in South America that you see in Turkey. And, you know, whether it be pyramids, um, on, on there's certain animals like on relief in places like in Peru. I'm Eddie Bravo founder of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu with over 150 schools and over 30,000 soldiers worldwide. Music has always been my deepest passion. Without that musical journey that I took, uh, I probably wouldn't be here right now. I can't tell my music story without having my uh, musical partner, my whole life and best friend, Mr. James Watson. I said, I want to be in a band no matter what. Oh, well, there it is. I got to move to Los Angeles. I said, I got to go to that place. If this California is supporting metal. Me and Jane just started making music. Mastering the Metal, the story of James Watson and Eddie Bravo. Print and audiobook available now. And in Turkey at Gobekli Tepe, which you mentioned, where this like there's these animal reliefs, like they're coming out of the stone on the pillar or whatever they're on. It's, you have the same thing in Turkey that you have in South America and, and other things as well. And so um, it's like, well, how did that happen? And then a lot of people that are involved in, in this kind of research are dowsers. 
And so they were they follow ley lines. And I was studying a lot of their work. So Hugh Newman was one. Gary Biltcliffe is another one. Um, ley lines Hamish are ley lines are like like uh, mag like electromagnetic um, frequencies like coming out of the earth. What are ley lines exactly? Yep. So they're um, electromagnetic lines that um, are formed in a like a geometric shape, and that was that's how I got into this. This is where my story begins. But I'll go into that in just a second. And they were groomed um, so that everything lines up. It was like early GPS. So you have um, like Stonehenge is on a certain coordinate and you can kind of decipher from the mathematics of that site where it is on the earth and that kind of thing. And then the same type of thing occurs in, in Mexico, for example, where the coordinates of the location and everything is encoded in the geometry of the site. So there's a you know place in Mexico that matches Stonehenge's information, things like that. So they cross-reference each other on this grid system. It's very sophisticated. And, and so the ancients who did this were advanced, advanced humans. It wasn't aliens. You know, there might have been a relationship. Because I don't, for, I for one don't think we're alone. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> I don't think we're that. Certainly, the modern humanity is not the highest we've ever been by any stretch of the imagination. And that these original humans were functioning at a high level of consciousness. And they knew exactly where they were on the earth. They weren't fighting each other. They were in harmony and balance. And I, I do believe that's where the 12 tribes of Israel come from. And that when the controllers came in, took over everything, they just, you know, separated everything out, created organized religions um, and other things. And, you know, organized gambling, organized crime, organized sports. Um, you know, they gave us different things that are part of our world today, um, but they set up a very different kind of system, whereas the original one was a benevolent one. And then this one was has been more about power and control and energy harvesting and things like that. And we don't know it. You know, we don't we don't know what's going on here. So that's you know, that's the kind of thing that needs to come out. And that's what motivates me to do what I do, getting that information out and also giving people information to make different choices. So we're not fighting each other based on race and religion and, and whatnot, that we can make different choices about you know, who's actually behind it. And that we're actually a lot more connected than we realize as humanity. And, and that we have this missing history that is important to recover and um my my own journey i'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick um my own journey began around 20 beginning of 2016 when i um was living in oklahoma city and a friend of mine gave me a map a flat map of the earth not a flat earth map but something I could hang up on my wall and I was looking at it and I started to notice cities and places lining up in lines and uh, I 
already knew about sacred geometry, and this, this shape here is a sacred geometric shape called a star tetrahedron. And um, so the lighter lines here are the first lines I found. But then I thought, well, let me, let me see here. So I, I went from Edmonton to Ottawa, and um, it went right through the Isle Royale copper mines, which were a source of ancient copper on, on this island in the Great Lake here. I want to say it's Lake Superior, but one of them. And then I brought the line down through the cities here. And then I brought it back up. And I thought, well, maybe I wonder if I can find another one. And that was when I found the second star tetrahedron. And then once I did that, I started extending the lines out. Because by that time, from the people that I had been absorbing their information, I knew that cities and places lined up in, in lines. Now, this is my, my own research. And I... Um, I extended the lines out and then I wrote down cities and places that lined up off of that. Um, so some of them in a circular alignment, some of them in a linear alignment, but long distance. And then I started tracking these cities and places as when I first started doing my blog. Um, my earlier work is based on following those ley lines. So um, Islands on the Grid was a three-part series that I did. Um, I was finding and salt lakes. So what do you think? <clears throat> so you, you, you're drawing lines um, from uh, how do you decide what city you pick to draw the line to? So I, I, I did it based on um, off of these lines. So when I started doing that, I would just extend it out following cities and place, places in alignment. Okay, so what, um, what, do, you, what do you think the, um, the connections of the cities through these lines, what does that tell us? It all came together geometrically. So that's, that was the importance of having learned about sacred geometry, because there's Again, there's sophisticated geometries in the landscape, uh, macro to micro. Now, so, so this would be like more of a macro. So when we, so when, uh, according to mainstream history, we get here, what do you think happened? Uh, we get here and there was just abandoned cities that had been hit with some kind of electromagnetic cataclysm and we just repopulated the cities are are the cities that we have today were they already cities and that's why they became like modern day cities because they were already there yes i i personally believe that the cataclysm was deliberately caused and that the controllers were shovel ready to dig everything out and create their new world order Wow, you From think the old it was, world it was man-made, some kind of, you think it was some kind of, because, um, uh, you know, a lot of people think more and more every day, they think that um, these um, cathedrals and like uh, these these um, amazing structures that we're not building today, and people think like, oh, they built those in the olden days, we don't do it anymore, we just use, you know, uh, stucco now, but um, those buildings 
were actually uh, like some kind of power station and they had the two spires mm -hmm. on each side and they somehow collected energy from the like electricity or whatever from the air and the bricks conduct electricity or maybe they store it and the stones and all that stuff so uh do you think like um the controllers that did this on purpose they just kind of like just did some kind of harp thing and just blasted everybody putting it simply i believe it was a directed attack of a high-powered energy going through the grid system and it just fried everything and it fried everything and it created deserts it created swamps it created its land sheared off and this is after a lot of research um, I don't rule out the possibility that the Philadelphia experiment had something to do with it. And I've, now, I've talked now, about that seriously. Experiment again? What was that again? Um, when I first started looking into it in, on July 22nd of 1942, um, the Philadelphia experiment at the Navy Yard in Philadelphia uh, involved the USS Eldridge being... Uh, engulfed in plasma, let's say, high-powered energy going through it. It disappeared, and then it came back. And when it came back, the crew was embedded in the ship. They were sick. They were disoriented. And um, and so that's how the story goes. Or so you can look at, If you look it up, you find different years. Philadelphia Experiment, a ship, like a big ship in the mm -hmm. ocean, disappears and then reappears and then the crew members are sick is that what happened it, it, well that's that's you know the typical story that's that goes along said. with that's it what they said. so what do you think yeah. happened there um i i think they they transported it back to a certain year and that created a rip in the fabric of space time and that year was around 1740 1741 concurrent with the Great Frost of Ireland of that same time period, which is in the record books. And that um, within a couple of years of that happening in 1744, Mayor Amschel Rothschild was born. And then four years after that, um, Adam Weishaupt was born in 1748. And he was the founder of the Bavarian Order of the Illuminati. And then two years after Weishaupt was born, Duke Francis of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha, or at the time, Saxe of Co Coburg and Saalfeld was born, and he was the progenitor of the, the new royal houses of Europe, essentially. So you're, you're thinking, and, based, on, based on your research, this um, uh, whether it was a man-made electromagnetic cataclysm mm -hmm. or it was natural, it was probably in the mid-1700s? Is that what it's looking like? I'm I'm thinking what happened somewhere around the mid 1700s. Let's say real history began with them inserting themselves into it, and that there's a period of time before that 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 history's just fabricated and and superimposed on top of everything, the infrastructure, the history books. A lot of people are familiar with Fomenko's work and with um, have heard of Scaliger the, uh, and Flamenco was Flamenco the guy, the Russian that that's saying that uh, our our entire history is way shorter than they make it out to be. Like, 
like uh, um, instead of things happening in different periods, a lot of it happened at the same time and just in different parts of the world. Is that the guy? Yeah, he he did a lot of timeline research um, at, along with some other mathematicians that just found serious holes and gaps in in the historical narrative. So now you're saying and, so 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 mid 1700s is in your opinion that's when major like that was the reset almost right you can call it the reset okay so from the beginning i've been looking at the years between 1492 which was the fall of granada in spain and and that's columbus and that was and that's columbus and 1942 as an anagram Okay. And then um, 1942 was midway through World War II, and it was the same year as the Philadelphia Experiment, and 1717 is the midpoint year of those two years. So there's 450 years in between, and then there's 225 years on either side of 1717. And, And just looking at those references, I was able to pull out a lot of information as well as following these cities and places in alignment. And so um, what I was going to show earlier, um, I went through and I started looking at these places that were in alignment with each other, how I found the Silk Road, um, you know, starting in Montreal (laughs) and then uh, Montreal to Grenoble, Milan to Bucharest, Sevastopol to Pobedi, Yumen to Dalian in China, you know, North Korea to Guadalupe Island, things like that. And then on back to Montreal. Um, I want to come back to that one in a minute because I want to show you something. Um, So I'm starting to look at these, tracking these alignments that I had written on my spreadsheets. And it was on the basis of that information that I was able to extrapolate a bigger picture because it was unfolding right in front of my eyes. Who was there, who, who came in, how they came in, what they did when they got there. And then I was just able to pull bigger pieces out for the bigger picture. And then I started you know, writing about the ancient and modern evidence for the alignment of heaven and earth worldwide, um, where you have, if it'll cooperate with me, all over the world, you have <clears throat> um, these features that are framed. Let me keep going. So you've got these. Most people know about solstice alignments at a lot of these ancient places. Yeah. That it, it's like a, a map. Um, so that's going back in time. But as you get to even more recent times, um, you know, this is the Manhattan Bridge in Brooklyn, and you can see the Empire State Building framed perfectly through the bridge. I want that upper body clinch. That's what I'm I'm going after. With the underhook, looking for double underhooks. Fucking, that's a juicy ass clinch. Perfect double underhooks, you're on your side, boom. That's all perfect. That's huge. In my game, for me, I'm like, I've got this motherfucker. First fight in Abu Dhabi 2003 against Gustavo Dantas. I got right in and got double, perfect double underhooks. I'm like, oh my God, I had him in a lockdown, perfect double under, really quick. 
he just gave it to me. Like, and I was just sitting there going, oh my God, he just gave it to me. That was just off the front headlock, 100%. Push into him, you wanna smash him and then jump on that leg. You wanna rush him so they don't have a, so they're off balance, you jump on that leg, try to, you hook that leg, you're gonna take their back or put them in the truck, either one. Does that make sense? Or, or the Chrysler building us one of the two, but it's, you know, <laughs> right there in the middle. Um, you have, I go through a lot of information in these, so bear with me, please. Take your time. <laughs> you know, these, these, even going back to ancient times, you, you have these, this framed effect going on um, where they match. <laughs> This is a Garden of the Gods in Colorado. Like right there, like right there. When you see a mountain like that, go back a little bit right there, like right there in the middle. Like um, it, it, nowadays, I just think that there's something in there and that's why that mountain is there. Not that like tectonic plates push something up and then it made that. I Like anytime I see a mountain like that, I just think there's a, like a, some kind of st structure underneath like downtown LA. If you, if, if we were all wiped out, you know, and, and um, like something happened, some kind of um, flood or whatever, downtown LA in, in a thousand years, 5,000 years or something, it would be a mountain range. Right. And then um, you would never know there was skyscrapers underneath those mountains. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know anything. But now the, the, my guess is that most mountain ranges probably have structures underneath them. Yeah, I, I, I would say that's likelier than they're they're natural. But I also think there's been some movement in the with whatever's taken place rises in the in the earth, and um, so it's a combination. But yeah. I was in Amarumuru a couple of years ago when I went to Peru, and it's very similar as what you find at Garden of the Gods in Colorado in terms of these these spiny-looking rock formations here. And then you've got this eye, and you, you still can see something in the background. Um, but these are, just, these are just ancient examples of these alignments that I'm talking about, and I'm seeing in even more recent. So this would be an example of ley lines on a map. This is from the Catalan Atlas. Um, which dates to about um, 1375. And again, this is what we're told. They used to have ley lines on the maps. Mm, they had them. They, okay. That's yeah, they took them off. <laughs> Interesting. And we're left, we're left with globes and also uh, longitude and latitude. But these ley lines I'm talking about got removed. It, so, so you're saying... Um, cities were built based on the ley lines and ley lines are basically uh, like um, showing you where the energy is flowing. Correct? Something, something like along that? those lines. They're very important. Um, and there's a reason they were moved from our collective awareness. Why and do you think? Be because, because of their importance, because of their power, and because the controllers have been using them against us, <laughs> essentially. A lot of times their false flags will be on 
and powerful nodal points on the Earth's grid system. They want to do it there to maximize the impact on our collective consciousness because it's connected to that also. And it's 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 heaven and earth. So, you know, if you look at earth as a mirror of heaven, you've got the same things going up, you know, on up there. And so you could call it, I mean, like a web of life I, that just came into my mind, but something like that, you know, it's how we're all connected. Yeah. yeah. Um, Recently, um, I came across a video on online and, uh, and it was quoting some ancient philosopher, maybe not ancient, but some, some smart guy or whatever. And he basically said that, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, whatever those lights in the sky are, the stars, um, I don't believe anything NASA says, but I mean, I do see the stars and there's, there's gotta be billions of them. I mean, uh, you know, when you're in the desert and you look at the stars, there's fuck it's forever. Um, this one philosopher, I forget his name, but he said, basically each one of us is a star and we're just in like in human form, but we're connected to a star. We each have a star in uh the sky that we're connected to and to me and like it it it, it's crazy as an insane as that sounds it kind of makes sense because we're electrical beings we're electrical creatures and some kind of electromagnetic ocean you know and uh, electricity runs us like we are electric like our muscles aren't running us the the electricity's running the electricity's running the muscle so um, and so we must be connected, like there must be some like wireless connection to so this electrical source. And um, I, man, it makes sense. Like we're, we might be connected, like there might be like this wireless connection to whatever star in the sky is us. And when, when that electricity is cut off, we just go back to the star or something. I know it sounds insane, but um, uh, I like that. I, I think it's um, sexy. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's actually, from my understanding, it's even bigger than that because we're not only connected to probably it's that, we're also connected to source. <laughs> you know, we're, we're connected to everything. That's why they've gone through all this trouble to try to harness our energy is yeah. because we have that, you know, enormous presence inside of us that we have been cut off from because we don't know as they've you know they've come in and had their way down here and destroyed a lot of this beautiful place um and i'll give an example with my circuit board earth but let me um let me show you what i came here to show you which is and these are places for the most part that i found tracking in these alignments so i'm i'm looking at perpignan in southern france and you know, finding this, uh, and this is a a star fort actually, the Palace of the Kings of Majorca, and you see the building perfectly framed through the archway. So this is in southern France. You know, same idea in northern Spain. In I think it's called Gijon or Gijon, something like that. Um, you've got the archway framing the the rest of the building. Um, you find that in Seville in Spain in different examples. This is at Oxford University in England. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like those two twin tower things are like uh, positive and an electric charge. Some people are saying that I don't I don't know shit about uh, electro um, uh, mechanics, but um, that's what they're saying, right? Like this is some kind of like uh, um, harnesser of uh, power, electrical power, or of some sort. I have a friend who's deep, 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 like on another level in a whole different direction. And, he, and he's saying the cathedrals were, were built by the controllers to harness our energy, to get us, get people in the cathedral. And then once they pray and they're on the same frequency, then they could take that energy and they're stealing the energy using religion and cathedrals to do it. Like it's some kind and of like uh, energy extractor. And where I differ from that is that they were built for benevolent purposes by the original civilization and the controllers have just reverse engineered it. Mm. And so that's what they're doing. But originally the purposes of these cathedrals was, you know, to, to heal and to draw down energy. Um, organs are placed next to cathedral windows that look like solfeggio frequencies and that it was it was originally for people to like harmonize and heal together and not for the purposes of harvesting human energy, which is basically what this place has become, you know, yeah. one gigantic energy harvester. But that wasn't the original purpose of these buildings. And the controllers don't have the skills to build these places. You think you think the Freemasons have something to do with this? Because weren't the Freemasons originally the master builders? The original Freemasons, the original Masons were, the Moorish Masons were, the Freemasons stole their identity and they like came the, in the, through the Jesuits and all that stuff through the Vatican, correct? For all your 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu merchandise, please visit 10thplanetjj.com slash shop. We also got a look into a t-shirt that just dropped. Thank you very much for your support. They were part of it. I mean, it's like there's, you know, it's the way I look at it. There's like an unholy alliance that came in that are all different parts of this takeover. But um, and they I think went the Freemasons. The Mason, they went after the Mason um, society, secret society. Why? Because they were the only, they were the ones that were the only ones that could build castles and cathedrals and all these these uh, uh, insane structures. Is that why they got targeted? Likely. I mean, that that was where, let's say, the bad guys infiltrated and 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 stole their identity and said, We're, we did this when they sh sure as heck didn't do that. Yeah. You know, and there's some people that speculate that the word free comes from, oh, well, you know, these buildings were there and they just kind of came in and took it. And that might be part of it, but what they've done is they've they've basically um stolen their identity and then they've they've used the symbolism and the science to uh, in a reverse from what it was originally so they can't build like that but they they invert everything and yeah, and i yeah. think they were the ones um you know when when sean comes and i'm going to show him around where i live here um i think they came in and they they made everything livable to where these buildings could be used again from whatever this everything was like 
after this event of liquefaction event or mud flood or cataclysm or whatever you want to call it, they made everything usable again um, and claimed credit for it. So it's like, um, and it's not everybody that becomes a Mason knows about this kind of thing. It's up at the very highest levels that they know what's really going on here. I would, so, like to see a, I would like to see a cathedral built today. Like it would be like, an, and videotape it, film it, like a, you know, uh, with the same kind of um, quality as the old ones. The, the, and I'll give you a good example of that in just a second. Um, but I just want to kind of scroll through these really fast because again, you have this same, these, the same archway of framing <laughs> perfectly. Oh, right, there, right there, you see that? That's yeah. Big Ben, correct? Yep, yep, that's the Palace of Westminster where the, the Parliament is. And that's on um, the clock. Elizabeth Tower. Is that a clock right there? Yeah, there's a clock tower and then Big Ben is the bell inside that, but it's known as Big Ben. Most most people know it as Big Ben. And like that that structure right there with a the clock, like how old supposedly is that that structure? At least a, at least a couple hundred years old, uh, right? Yeah. Off the top of my head, that's what they that's what they tell us. How could they how could they have a clock? Uh, that's a that they can't waver. Clock has to have perfect frequency. It has it has to be perfect. Like who who is powering that? A bunch of slaves underneath that? You know, you know, turning something or like that has to be powered. Like that has to be a power station. Like that spire there is somehow harnessing energy to run the clock. Right. Well, who, what else is running the clock? The clock has to be perfect. Right. And, and everything was perfect in this civilization um you know you see that this this again this framing going on everything's lining up um you, this is the eiffel tower and you've got this school that you can see here this is in france so we've been to england we've been to france now we're going to germany um this is in budapest and hungary that's insane right there you know and you, you know you've got the Hungarian parliament framed through these archways. So you can, you know, same place here. This is St. Peter's Basilica that you can see through this archway in Vatican City. Hmm. You know, so this is Ethiopia. <laughs> I mean, it. it's like this didn't happen randomly and these people weren't fighting each other. Um, you even see it at Petra. And where Louis uh, Indiana Jones, that, yeah, that that's movie insane was filmed. Right there. You know, you um, by looking at it, you'd think like at first glance you'd go, "Oh, they built that into a mountain," or but now I'm like, "Was that mountain this big structure and and, and it got hit with something, some kind of electromagnetic pulse, and like the structure that you see is the only thing that's left?" You know what I mean? Instead of like, "Oh, they built a structure in the mountain." Maybe the mountain was this whole big structure, and what we see is what's left after the cataclysm. I don't know. I'm just looking at yeah, things. I mean, there's there's a lot of lot more questions, and because we haven't been told the truth, you know, all we can do really is is guess and try to figure out where the puzzle pieces go. But again, you you have that same effect all over the world. This is in Iran. Um, this is in Dubai. Abu Dhabi, excuse me, but it's the United Arab Emirates, you know, these, this beautiful architecture Insane. with the archway and the dome. Um, the Taj Mahal. 
And, you know, the story you hear about that is the prince or the sultan or whoever wanted a mosque for his wife who he loved and all of these slaves built it. But I've seen the same uh, almost identical looking building in in China. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you see Tartaria type structures in China, too. In India. um you know, these are just different places. This is in Indonesia. This is one of the places that got um, hit by the tsunami, the Boxing Day tsunami that took place in the early 2000s. Um, and then you see it at Stanford University in California, Louisiana. You know, and again, I, I just wanted to use this example because, you know, this was such a beautiful civilization that everything lined up all the architecture with all of these events um you know sunrises and sunsets and solstices lighthouses did capital buildings line up with the sun and the moon i mean it was not randomly built which is definitely what they want us to believe it's crazy um, how so many capital buildings have the same style right all over the united states and even all over the world right like uh like uh, the the um, the Capitol building in D.C., like uh, that same style is everywhere. Exactly, and then um, so the U.S. Capitol building looks like St. St. Paul's Cathedral in London. You know, same idea, big, huge dome, and very similar architecture. Uh, let me see if I can get back to where I was going here earlier. I have a a piece called Circuit Board Earth um, because it appears that all of this architecture was actually part of a, a gigantic circuit board. Yeah, I've seen that. That's crazy. Yeah. And that they've spent a lot of time deconstructing this and destroying a lot of these place, places. Um, whether through fires or demolition. Um, if you go down and what I did was I defined different terms, like what is a circuit board? Um, there are pictures like this that you can find online of where, you know, it looks like something's really going on in that picture where you've got the old buildings and you've got, you know, the layers of dirt here. And I think that's what it was like after the, the cataclysm that caused it, um, they had to dig these places out literally and get everything restarted so they could use it for their own benefit. But to get civilization restarted from what it was before, so that includes rail, that includes electricity, that includes all different kinds of things. So so um, you talk about the, the Wild West being um, not exactly uh, what they told us it was. Now, the mainstream narrative is, like I said earlier, we we populated and colonized the East Coast and slowly moved our way to the West. And as we're moving our way to the West, it was all, you know, the gold rush and cowboys and Indians and and everybody and, uh, you know, wagons. And, and then we slowly built uh, the cities in the West Coast. What do you think... Uh, how do you think it, it 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 really happened? Was all of that horseshit, or was some yep. of it? Like, <laughs> how do you think, based on your research? How do you, if we didn't slowly move to the west, 
Gold Rush, Cowboys and Indians, and then LA, San Francisco. How do you think it it, it happened? Like we were, people were already all over the place and there was no Columbus discovering America and there was no Wild West and there was no Cowboys and Indians. And it that was all horseshit? Um, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, what we're taught as this is the way it happened didn't happen that way. I think they had a landscape that was just devastated and that the early exploring voyages, servings, were, they were out there. They were trying to figure out what was there, where it was, how to, the best way to get to it. Same thing with the railroad surveys. They came out west and they were just, you know, basically the one thing is they were assessing the damage. And oh, then another okay. thing, okay. Okay. another thing sense. was that they were claiming the land. So like Lewis and Clark. So it, it got annihilated. Something happened. It's maybe got annihilated. Maybe, maybe uh, mid 1700s or whatever. And then the voyages and the exploring was like to uh, get the, uh, the assessment on the damage and, you know, and how they were going to retake it over. Correct. Right. Probably- get it. Yeah, get it dug out. And then and you you, you hear the, the word founded a lot in the origins of cities. Yes. It was founded in such and such a year. Um, and a lot was going on in the 1800s. There was a little bit going on in the late 1700s, but for all intents and purposes, by the early 1800s, they were getting, you know, the, these settlements up and running. And there was and a they lot were of, using there's, trading there's of, companies and things like that. And there's a there's um, you see pictures of like um, seemed like there was a lot of orphans and there were incubators mm-hmm. that were making babies in incubators. Like, what was that? It was like orphans were a big deal back then, right? They were like shipping orphans into cities. It seems like they were strategic like they find the cities they're in ruins or whatever, and then they just needed to ship people into these cities and rebuild them. Right, that was part of it. Um, I th- the 19th century was a mess for humanity, and the controllers had all of these pesky humans that, you know, they they looked down on. You know, as they're living high on the hog because they've, you know, <laughs> taken over all the good stuff. Probably living um, in Greenland. Pro- Greenland <laughs> probably has like just majestic cities that no one knows about. Right? There's like Greenland. Like who's in Greenland? It's so big and. Like if I was Illuminati, I would be building a, a magical cities that uh, the slaves had no idea about. So there's definitely a lot that we don't know even now. Um, my my work is basically looking at what's available to find um, on what's there. So I did a lot of digging with tracking those cities and places in alignment. I did a lot of digging with people that said, hey, look here. And, and that brought forward more information. Um, and then and then just looking at what the narrative has narrative has to say, reading between the lines and you know applying comparison and pattern recognition. So the circuit board Earth um, is a lot of that um, because these beautiful buildings, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many stories that is, but pretty tall. Um, was said to have been built in 1897 in New York City, and 
destroyed only 13 years later in 1910. So, and this is this is what you can find in the record. Uh, you know, a, a ridiculous story of how did they build that to begin with in 1897, and then they destroyed it just a few years later um, to be replaced by a bigger building, they tell us. Uh, mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden was said to have been um, demolished, the original one, I guess, in 1926. Um, this building here, the Hotel Astor, was was built in 1904, according to the narrative, and it was demolished in 1967. Um, those kinds of stories are everywhere. Why do you think? Um, why do you think they demolish them? Just so they get to get rid of like um, evidence. That's part of it, and another part of it is they really destroyed a lot of this energy grid. You're talking about with the cathedrals, yeah, and the energy function of them, and these other places. Um, they still benefit from it, and I'm sure we still benefit it benefit from it but they've basically been hell hell bent to destroy this um in a lot of ways but it was it was also evidence history is written by the victors so what if the victor story is fabricated what if the story they gave us all about our recent past was nothing short of a complete lie for far too long, humanity has relied on the Board of Education to receive its official history narrative. The problem is, is their narrative makes absolutely no sense. There are giant mistakes in the timeline that show us all. Not only did they lie, but they hid the previous civilization from us, with no mention of our ancestors looking a little different. Traveling with no issues, doing it all in style and efficiency with beautiful architecture that we can't rebuild today. Powered up cities, riding around on their advanced technology. Advanced technology? Wait, I thought the 1800s into the early 1900s were a bunch of idiots riding around on horse and buggy. Because when you look back and do a little research, it's obvious. This old world was discovered and then destroyed, resurfaced, and populated. They torched every city across the plain. Nothing new under the sun. Rockefeller flooded your brain with lies. Use your head. Think about your family tree and how it all began. Old World Visit OWOFilm.com for more information. The only way that they could really effectively control people from figuring things out before the internet age was controlling the narrative and you know people would just go with what they were told and so you know that's probably why it hasn't been until the last 10 or 20 or 30 years or however long that people have really started to wake up and ask questions but they had pretty firm control of the narrative um for a long time yeah it seems like you know this uh, subject um, of the old world is getting bigger and bigger by the day. More and more people, and the more the more um, uh, people that get into it that uh, know 
um, the ins and outs of how uh, electricity really works and electromagnetism, that we're going to, you know, eventually we're going to figure out exactly how these buildings work and we might be able to turn them on on again we just need more people on the case and it seems like it's getting bigger and bigger and like i said i have this friend who he's got a group that's all about this and he's the one who told me that he said they got to figure it out they 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 use these cathedrals to harness energy or uh from people when they get together and pray and or whatever and 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 i like what you said that it, that wasn't the original intention but it got hijacked and and uh you know they they ended up using these structures that can harness energy um in uh in evil ways and they've done the same thing with other structures as well, as we'll see here in just a second. Um, so you get into words like currency, you know, banks deal in currency. Um, so there's electrical terminology yes. applied to everyday kinds of things. Um, and, you know, a bank itself, a river bank. Yes. Um, and then what a, what a current is. Um, I get into, you know, we have char charge cards and charge is a, a word related to electricity, related to criminal justice. Um, so then there's our human energy. And there's definitely energy harvesting of us going on here in, in a lot of different ways. But um, I've got so much information, Eddie. Forgive me. Oh, get, take your time. It's, I love it. Though. I love. Are you, uh, are you are you familiar with John Levi? I I know of his work. Um, so we're in the same field yeah, of research. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you know a lot of good researchers out there, and we're all just bringing forward our pieces of the puzzle. And it, it definitely takes a village. I mean, there's just yeah. way too much yeah, the more, um, the to find. <laughs> yeah, I was on I was on uh, JRE, uh, Joe Rogan Experience, and that's the biggest show in the world. And I I dropped a little, you know, I I real quick I just I dropped some John Levi knowledge and directed people to his YouTube channel, and it, and it uh, it got a big jump, big hit. I just want as many people looking into this as possible because right now we just have um you know a bunch of uh, you know, a bunch of speculation, which is great. I love speculating because we're just the slaves. We're just the peasants. We don't have um, uh, access to uh, the knowledge and the technological instruments that could um, confirm what uh, we're speculating, you know. So all we can do is speculate. And, but the more high-level um scientists we can get involved in this who are off the grid who can figure out exactly what these castles and cathedrals and spires and all this stuff is really about and um we could really start to put together the real history because that's what fascinates all of us is like we're just fascinated with the truth we just want to know what what the hell are we on where did we come from who's what are these controllers trying to accomplish? And is there a way to fight back and to get uh, this earth back into some harmonious, um, blissful, peaceful paradise? Is it possible or are we doomed in this prison that we're in currently? We're not doomed. I don't believe we're doomed. Um, good to know. And 
you know, it's been this information's obviously been deliberately withheld from us. You know, and not only that, the lies continue to this day. Absolutely. <laughs> about who we are and where we're from and what we're on and you know what's really going on. Because what we see is the destruction of what remains of this beautiful architecture in our big cities, like in San Francisco and in LA and you know, the right and New York and Minneapolis and you know, the riots and the the homelessness and the pot. I mean, this these are just gorgeous structures. Now and, you, got, you got San Francisco up here, and recently I saw a John Levi video where he's gone. Um, he basically goes on Google Maps and goes to all these places, and basically all over the San Francisco Bay, he was finding all these um, uh, spots that look like they've been leveled, and they they used to be like star forts, and you could still see the outlining of star forts. And and it's what do you know about San Francisco? It seems like a lot of the answers are there. Well, there and in a lot of place, a lot of big cities, you know, it's it, there's so many places where so much has been destroyed already. But um, I've done some pretty thorough looks at San Francisco, and these lighthouses. First of all, they weren't the purpose that we were told, just to guide ships. They had an original purpose that was completely different from what we've been told. What do you? But think they all was? line up. I think they were. Um, energy distribution so um there was a light energy that was going through these and um so they lined up with each other so there was a uh, lighthouse on alcatraz that lined up with the lighthouses on either side of the golden gate bridge and there's star forts on either side only on one side it's called um it's called a star fort and on the other side there's a um A battery, <laughs> the battery Spencer, and I think it wasn't. I think those were batteries, literally. And these types of yeah, that's what John, Yes, I've seen that before in John Levi's video. The batteries, like explain that they're they're actually called batteries, but for another reason later. But they're actual batteries, like they're a power station, correct? Or am, that's am what I, I believe. That's that's what I believe. Um, that they were actual batteries, and um. And, and part you, of the green used, system. Used, used for what and how? There was a very powerful integrated energy grid system, and that's part that was part of the ley line system also, um, where there was free energy free energy available all over the earth. It's not something we're going to, it's something we had already. Yeah, that's crazy because that gets that gets into Tesla. And the Tesla thing is like uh I was all about Tesla. You know, I was one of those guys. Hey, Tesla, he was going to give us free energy. He figured it out, but we shut him down. And Thomas Edison, you know, robbed him of his patents and oh, poor Tesla. And I was all about Tesla was the real genius. He had all these patents. He's the man. He was going to give us free energy. But now after uh, researching um, all this stuff, I'm like thinking, oh, we already had free energy. Then what was Tesla doing? So to me... 
my I speculate that Tesla's part of their narrative at, to get people to think that we almost had free energy, but that guy got fucked. So you know he got he he died penniless and insane. We almost had it, you know, we almost did. But they would rather have us think that we almost had it, and we had this mad scientist who almost gave us free energy, when in reality we already had it forever. So they, it kind of like distracts us. Like Tesla was a distraction. Maybe he didn't even exist because that guy, apparently he died in 1947 and there's not one audio speech of his. That's the one thing when I was all down with Tesla, I'm like, where can I hear him speak somewhere? Like he had all these patents. Like there's gotta be some tape of him talking about something and there's nothing, nothing at all. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Tesla was, was real. Maybe he was going to give us free energy. Maybe, maybe Tesla... Because they the the mainstream narrative on Tesla was like that he got all his ideas from spirits and like interdimensional beings, and he worked by himself. He was this mad scientist, worked by himself. He channeled spirits, and the spirits gave him all this this knowledge. When probably he was just uh, re-engineering or back engineering all the stuff that we already had. And they didn't want that out, so they go, "Oh no, 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 no! He gets he got his knowledge from from spirits." From spirits, not from the old world. We don't want you to know about the old world. I'm just speculating. I don't know shit. You know, all we can do is give it our best shot. And so I think the whole patent system was about reassigning credit for existing, pre-existing technology to someone else. Yes. And, and so... Anything that they said, we, we designed this in our time you know, meaning in the like 19th century, early 20th century, I think was already there, like the electric light bulb. Yeah. And, and there, and I think Edison was given credit for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I and so that. I think they were just reassigning to update it. So it looked like it came in recently when in fact yeah. it had oh my been God. part of this that, original. Yeah. That, know. that basically that's uh that, um, it's basically what I'm saying too about Tesla. Like he had all these patents. Like maybe they're like, okay, we'll just say Tesla came up with all of this one. You know, they just wanted to give, make it seem like they just came up with it when it was already here. Free energy was all, all over the world and old. Right. And, um, you know, again, they've been destroying a lot of the stuff, towers and, you know, there's a lot of towers that were said to have been designed after the Eiffel Tower um, that are still in existence. And there's a lot that have, been destroyed long destroyed um and actually the same thing can be said about einstein because i can remember learning when i was a lot younger that he worked in a patent office when he was the young man so and apparently there's so many videos of einstein was a fraud einstein was a hoax there's endless videos you go to youtube and so many guys have ripped him apart like he wasn't um like he he didn't eat like a he was a, a below average student and he was n nothing um like a genius like uh he's painted out to be and he's a he's a fraud i don't know maybe he was legit i don't know yeah i think we're probably looking at a lot of that kind of thing um you know people not being who they are claimed to be or were told they were yeah it seems like um, most most uh people that were fa that are famous throughout time like Isaac Newton and just like these people that are just their their names will never die. It seems like it wouldn't be surprising if they're they're just some kind of 
um, maybe they didn't even exist or maybe they existed and they're just part of the, the Illuminati system, the controller system. And they're just like, if you're famous throughout time, there's, you're suspect, right? Because they control history. They control who becomes famous. Like You're not going to be super crazy famous like Isaac Newton without being part of the the controllers. Like, it just seems that way. Speculating. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. Um, you know, I've said I believe a lot of our history is fabricated. And again, that continues on up to the present day. Um, those who came in and set up this place where we're living now with all the inherent craziness um, are trying to keep us dumbed down and confused and fighting each other and, you know, all attention away from them. Um, so we do their dirty work for them. And so um, I do see it. I mean, I, I think we're going to turn a corner. I think we're going to sooner rather than later and we'll just see how things play out but that's my my belief system but they've been working hard at it and so again you know you see a lot of triangles geometric shapes um i was talking about alignments astronomical alignments with buildings and lighthouses so you see that um in these places here you know where it's coming up or just right over the top of the lighthouse and i don't think that's random um and then the statue of liberty has the same effect and it was a lighthouse at one time also um like in the 1880s to around 1900 um and then these are some places this is on alderney island which is in the channel islands off the coast of france and there's a lighthouse here and two star forts Star for here, star for here, and that forms a triangle shape. What do you think um, star forts are? I think they're batteries too. So, so I think because a lot of times battery and star fort is synonymous. Um, and if they're not batteries, they have some function. So I've also heard, you know, like the the idea of star ports, P O R T. You know, so maybe there's a connection to a star with those. Um, but I would say either, you know, my initial opinion would be they're part of the battery system. Now, can you show? Can you show? Um, can you show some images that explain why they're called star forts? Like they're they're um, like yeah. they're like islands that are that were man-made to look like stars, and and right, and they're they have different shapes. Um, you can kind of be seen as like a cymatic shape also. But basically you've got, um, many of them are five-pointed. Uh, they're typically associated with water, um, but they have different shapes. And they're all over the world. And this is their- the They're all over the world. Box. And they are um, in clusters. My, my reach, has shown if I find a star fort in one place, I go look for another one, and I and I find them. They're they're in pairs and then clusters. Um, so sometimes it's crazy that you could say could, two or more. You could find star forts on Google. You would think like Google would just uh, make it so it it sends it sends you to something else like some Star Wars stuff, 
But I mean, because this is crazy. I mean, Google is showing you all these structures. I mean, a lot of them look like the, you know, the Star of David even, you know, I mean, it, these are crazy. And then uh, after the great cataclysm, those star forts turned into actual like military bases, correct? Didn't like the military, they just... I- I think they were repurposed. Yes, yes, and, you know. So we, you know, we were given a much more violent history than what we were. <laughs> oh, and you know, these are heavy masonry buildings. They're great for fortifications. We'll just, just stick a cannon here and here and call it good. And 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 then they became military targets, and then they were targets for bombing. So they were destroyed also that way. There's probably a lot more that have been destroyed than are still standing. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy world we so, live. So, but but it that's been by design. Now, what do you think about like uh, the, the Civil War and like? Um, do you think the Civil War was fake, or I mean, it couldn't have been, right? They they wrote about it and Abraham Lincoln and all that. What do you think? I think it was. Maybe something happened, but I definitely think it was a cover story for this, for more destruction and land grabs and things like that. And before, so, before, before the internet, before uh, the telephone, before TV, before radio, you had the Civil War that's taken place in the United States. The United States is so big. Like, how, how would people even know they were at war? You know, you could have this insane battle in some city in Arkansas or Tennessee. How is the how are people in like Wyoming gonna know about this war? And like, how do they like? It, 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 you know what I mean? They could be massive killing all over the place. But how are you gonna? How are people in Florida gonna know about this battle that happened in like Virginia? You know, like how does that work? It didn't make any sense to me. Like. Is this the, the world is so big and there's no there's no telephones there's how, how what do they how do people know what's going on with this civil war by what's written down and so that's how you insert an, a narrative that you want people yeah after to, the fact to yeah, know after the fact you write about but how do you know it really happened there's no evidence there's no you know, video evidence or pictures of anything like this was the Civil War was like 1840 or something, 1850, 1860? 18, 1861 to 1865 in yeah. the narrative. Yeah. And there's so you, you know, there's just a lot of sketchiness around that too. I mean, there's you know, when I remember learning about the Civil War war when I was growing up, and then there's what I find out when I do my research. What did you and, find out? Um, what did you find out about the Civil War? <laughs> that's like, that's Let's get into that. Okay. So we'll Thanks. leave Circuit Board Earth. Um, but I'm just I just have a lot of information pulled together here to show okay. how things are precisely placed on an electrical grid system, all this infrastructure. Um, but a really good example of how uh, shady the story of the Civil War is, um, somebody directed my attention to sanitary fairs and i just need to find it so please bear with me um and i do have people making suggestions and then when i follow up on it it's just um mind-blowing stuff so 
think of a sanitary fair as a world's fair. It was okay. the same idea. And you're familiar with world's fairs, right? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So um, those were just tremendous events of like the Chicago World's Fair and the Crystal Palace Exposition of the, you know, and that started in 1851, the Crystal Palace Ex Exhibition. And there's like, we built this for this and all of these people were here and just amazing stuff. And, and they did that as a way of, first of all, they would say, we built everything. This is how great we are in different places around the world. And then they would say, but it was only meant to be temporary. So we got rid of most of the buildings afterwards. And that story is repeated over and over again. And there's a lot of fires and, and so forth. But um, again, a way of passing off what was originally there as having been built recently by the new world order, if you will. So these sanitary fairs supposedly came about um, around the time of the Civil War to be a fundraiser for Union soldiers and that they had majestic temporary buildings said to have been built for the fairs to be torn down after, um, though not as elaborate as the bigger ones, but still, you know, majestic infrastructure like you see here um some people are saying oh yeah they those structures for the world world's fairs were were made out of like cardboard and plywood they weren't actually like this these majestic structures they were actually just built as a temporary structure out of like plywood and, and cardboard i mean have you heard of that i've heard that but if you see the the buildings they weren't. <laughs> they, they were definitely solid structures. And I'll give you some examples here in just a second. Um, but on the Civil War, um, so we had these sanitary fairs that came about through Florence Nightingale, actually. And um, you had this uh, United States Sanitary Commission that was formed. And this guy was the president from 1861 to 1878 actually and he was a clergyman and he was pastor of, of this particular church which is pretty ornate yeah it looks a very and, um uh, uh illuminati ish freemason ish according to our narrative and my take would be that that was an original structure built by the original civilization, um, built by the original Moorish civilization. Um, and this one was said to have been built between 1853 and 1855 and only in use until 1929. Um, and again, according to the narrative, what kind of technology did we have in the 1850s to build a building that was like that? Yeah. I mean, they don't give us credit for much. I mean, horse and buggy is pretty much what they want us to believe. And then these pictures, then, there's, there's there's usually like a horse and buggy like in the picture too somewhere, right? Like all these old Exactly. Pictures. So this is, um, this building was destroyed by fire in 1931, which was a pretty typical fate for these old structures. Um, 
but the reason, so we had the sanitary commission and we also had a private social club for wealthy men that opened in New York city in 16, 1863 called the union league club. And um, it had such luminaries as Frederick Law Olmsted, George Templeton, Strong, and Wolcott Gibbs. So this was a private social club for wealthy men to that they could come together who were pro-union to cultivate a profound national devotion and strengthen a love and respect for the union. It became the most exclusive men's club in Manhattan and perhaps in the nation. And this was their clubhouse. And it was said to have been built between 1879 and 1881. And you've got your horse and buggy and your brick streets there. Not many people in that picture. Yeah. And that's what it looked like on the inside. And then um, that clubhouse got gutted by fire in 1932. Um, but it seems like these these private clubs are coming into being for the elite to sit and talk about this whole, you know, confabulation they're having with the civil war. Um, you had the century association in New York city that the same clergyman was involved in organizing. It was incorporated in 1857 before the civil war. Um, and then you had all the names of the day involved in this. Um, architects and presidents and Supreme Court justices and Rockefellers and Vanderbilts and all of those guys as members of this club, the Century Association. And George Carlin said, it's a big club and you ain't in it. Yep. And so, you know, how did we find out about these times is through people like Frederick Law Olmsted, who became known as a landscape architect, very famous one. And um, he was secretary of the United States Sanitary Commission. And he wrote books about what it was like during these times. And so he published this book in uh, A Journey in the Seaboard Slave States, first published in 1856, five years before the Civil War. Um, Journey through Texas, 1857. Uh, Journey in the Backcountry of the Winter in the Winter of 1853, 1854, published in 1860. So they're providing the information in these books. And then all three of these books of Olmsteads were published in one book, Journeys and Explorations in the Cotton Kingdom in 1861, during the first six months of the American Civil War, at the suggestion of his publisher. So they're giving us they want us to believe about these things. And another one that did, did that same kind of thing was George Templeton Strong, and he wrote a diary of his account of his life in the 19th century between 1835 and 1875, including the events of the American Civil War between 1861 and 1865. So these guys are members of that particular club. Um, so do you think it's, is it possible that the Civil War was completely made up? Something happened. Something was going on during those years, but not what we're told. This is what I believe firmly. It's not what we're told. Something very different. So like this, this building was where the 
sanitary commission was set up. So this was a federal U.S. Treasury building in June of 1861. So they're telling this building was already in existence in 1861. Yeah. Like something right out of Athens. Yeah. Or Rome. Yeah. Okay. So but D.C. was just like that. And um, one of the things that I pulled up to show you is that if you look at the Supreme Court building, that is one massive building. It's incredible. And they want us to believe, if you look at it, let's try to find a good, that it was built in the, in the Great Depression. In 19, between 1932 and 1935 is what they tell us. The cornerstone was laid in 1932 and the building completed in 1935. You know, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. It's like you wish you had a video <laughs> building it. Yeah. It's like, how'd they do it? You know, that is a huge building. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you it's, would think you know, they would have video of like putting the pillars in place. And I mean, because they did have video back then. They did have cameras. They could have, because anything we see um, in regards to construction of these insane buildings is just like scaffolding outside, which could easily be just them like remodeling or like putting, you know, you know, painting stuff or whatever doesn't necessarily prove that just because you have a picture of scaffolding outside of a building like this that, oh, look, proof that they built it. I mean, that's no proof. They had video. Let's see them actually building it. And I don't think they had it because I don't think they built it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I think they just moved in. Yeah, it was a um, you know, so it's just like just like uh, Joe Rogan has had this bit like 20 years ago about the pyramids. He said that like he's like the, the Egyptians, they just showed up and they were already there. And they were like, uh, who built it? Oh, we did. We built it. We built it. You know, and actually that they just moved in. So um, I went through and I looked at a lot of the different sanitary fairs that were that we're told about that, you know, things that these places, the sanitary commission was supposed to have built like this particular location at Camp Nelson. Um, and, and what I'm going to be sharing a lot of when I see Sean is um, the mud flood evidence. And that's where you have, you know, the, the ground isn't even with the building and it just kind of goes wherever it lands and um, that's not only all over where I live, but once you see it, you can't not see it. And this, this is something that you find everywhere. It's like, why would you build the way that they built? Yeah. You know, what yeah. appears, what, like, how they built it. Um, and then this building was said to have been built in 1887 as a the uh, pension building, which is now the National Building Museum in Washington. Um, so this was supposed to have been built to process and process and administer all of the pension requests from veterans. So, yeah. <laughs> and again, you have this absolutely gorgeous building, and on the inside, 
yeah, that wasn't built by people our size for people our size. I mean, that's that's a insane. massive building on the inside. Yeah, that's insane. Have um, you uh, have you dove so, into giants and the evidence of uh, a giant uh, human race that uh, we once used to, or maybe still do, share the Earth with? Yeah, I, I have found evidence and I've looked into it just in the course of doing my research. So um, there's there were giant skeletons that were publicly displayed all across the country in the 19th century. And then you hear a lot about the Smithsonian coming in and carting away the skeletons. And I've heard anything from there under the smithsonian to they were loaded up on a ship and the ship was sunk in the middle of the ocean so they did not want that evidence to exist so there's no uh there currently there's no museum where you can go and see these giant human skeletons right wouldn't that be cool (laughs) yeah i don't know if they're i don't know what's out there in terms of what you could go and see physically i know they they show up in excavations when they're laying you know digging for foundations for buildings and things like that so they're, there's they're, a, they're there's a found. there's quite a few uh, buildings that had um doors that seemed to be built for giants and staircases that seemed to not be built for people our size correct there's a bunch of buildings like that right with giant doors the supreme court <laughs> the supreme court's like that as a giant door yeah. Oh shit! I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Will it has a big door? Um, the um, Bummer Building. This is the Mayo Clinic building in uh, Rochester. Sorry, building bronze doors. Those are bronze doors. I think they're only open on special occasions. The doors are made of bronze. Mm-hmm. So that would be this this you know for size differential there. Again, this is the Mayo Clinic building called the Plumber Building in Rochester. So yeah, um, this is the outside of the Plumber Building up at the top. There's another view of it in blue. There's a building in downtown LA that looks exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And they light it up think, at night and it looks gothic at night. Think old world. So some examples of those. Um, and I just wanted to show with the sanitary fairs, it was the same idea as the world's fairs, um, but they were supposed to be f- fundraisers for the Union soldiers. And so they would do the same kinds of things at the sanitary fairs that they would at a larger one. And then, um, you know, do all these things like opening parade with all these people, um, militiamen, bands, political leaders, representatives of local organizations, a contingent of farmers with carts full of crops. Now, mind you, this is supposed to be during the Civil War that they're having all of these festive occasions 
And um, some of the buildings look like this one in Chicago. You know, we've got the two towers again. You've got these um, particular shapes, arch shapes. You've got the particular window styles. Um, and then during the same time this fair was supposed to have taken place, you had these particular battles that were supposed to have taken place. And um, you know, just looking to sanitary fairs, there's there's quite a bit of um, really interesting nuggets in there. So the birth of our nation was 1776, correct? So you think, is it safe to speculate that something, you know, if that electromagnetic cataclysm or mud flood or whatever it was that wiped out whatever was in the United States, like 1776 was like the beginning of them uh, reclaiming it and starting over? I think it was before that. I would say anywhere between... I, I would use as a reference point the 1717, but okay. some point in the 1700s was when they started getting their their system set up, their new system. The new system, yeah. That you know has led to the the power and control and energy harvesting harvesting system that we find ourselves in. I wonder what the 1500s and the and the 1600s were like like in the United States. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if what we're told about that time actually happened. Yeah, there, there's no way to really know. The, o the only, the only uh, proof we have of that history is what people wrote down. That's it. And you could write down anything. So it's like there's no pictures, no video of the 1600s. So who knows what the hell was going on back then? A lot more questions and answers and uh, there's a place that I wanted to show you that I said I wanted to go back to so I'm going to pull that up and I just want to show you the architecture of a lot of schools high schools even junior high and elementary schools that people went to school in and some of them are still going to school in these places and um And again, we don't realize it because of the history that we've been taught that that you would even have any reason to question what they tell us. And so I'm going here. So I want to show you El Paso High School. Okay. In El Paso, Texas? Mm-hmm. I was in El Paso about a year ago and driving through their, you know, their downtown and I was spotting some uh, Tartarian type buildings, like that kind of stuff. Look at that. Yeah. And that's a high school. Interesting. It seemed like they, they used these amazing buildings for like, you know, weird shit, like insane asylums and mm -hmm. uh, some kind of government building libraries. Right, they, it was never like a public thing. It was always like some kind of state thing. So they, so buildings like these either became government buildings, or they became schools, or like you said, they became asylums, colleges, prisons. Yes, prisons. Um, uh, let me give you an example of a, a prison that looks like a university. 
you know, it's like on one hand, it's like we're going to make this a college, and on the other hand, we're going to turn this into a prison. Um, I think it's St. Cloud. This one, that's what I'm looking for. So that looks that when I saw that, it reminded me of of um, Georgetown University in Washington D.C. Yeah, it looks like a castle. So, the, so that's a Minnesota Correctional Facility in St. Cloud, and then Georgetown University looks kind of similar. Not exactly the same features, but it's like they're both a graystone building. Yeah, but my incredible. my point being these 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 beautiful old buildings got used for this is back to Minnesota for all kinds of different purposes in seemingly in turning everything into a control system. So museums are are kind of in the same category, especially the major museums. Um, so the New York. Metropolitan Museum of Art. It looks like that on the outside. And then on the inside, you know, it's equally ornate. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's, you know, it's just if you look at the narrative, so we'll just click on Wiki and Look at the date when they said it was built, um, which you can usually find it. So it, this was established in April of 1870. So it's 1870. And in Minnesota. No, this is in um, New York City. This oh. is a Metropolitan Museum. Art, but, but it's still the same idea that, you know, the dates that they give us for when these buildings came into existence just doesn't match the narrative and and the same thing where where i live in arizona um i'm going to stop sharing for a second um it's like where the old world meets the old west you know and there's very much an effort to paint the picture of the old west here but the architecture is just off the charts <laughs> Um, out of sync with that whole story about the old West. Now, now, obviously, you don't you don't trust the mainstream narrative when it comes to uh, history, especially modern history. Now, what do you think about like the moon landing, for instance? Do you think they lied about that too? Like uh, N NASA is full of shit, right? You can't be telling the truth. You know, this, you know, not my area of expertise. Um, and I do have viewers leave me comments every once in a while. Um, I've I've looked in depth at what our historical narrative says. Yeah. And so that shapers of the new narrative of the old West also included three other parts: one being bread and circuses, one being radio and television, and one being you know, computers and computer games and how they've gotten us, you know, conditioned to this artificial reality that they want us to be in. And so um, 
I derailed my train of thought. Um, what was <laughs> your we're question? We're talking about the, the moon landings. Like, okay, yeah. thank you. So, so when I've when I've looked at modern history and I've written down what the narrative tells us, I, people will invariably leave me comments. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, like, that's not, not, it didn't even happen. It's not real. <laughs> um, and so I don't have personal knowledge of that, but I do question everything that we've been told because it seems like one massive mind game Yeah. Um, to keep us in the dark as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into the whole flat earth, dome, permanent, firmament and i do have an opinion about flat earth now that i didn't before because of my research um i i changed my mind of whether i had an opinion or not um because i i have found evidence that they have definitely messed with our perception of time space and place and where they you know finagle the timeline to have all these things come in about the same time uh in the fifty, you know, in our timeline, it's in the fifteen hundreds. Yeah. Again, whether or not it really happened, I don't know, but that's where it shows up in our timeline. And so, um, if we're not on a spinning ball, then everything is spinning around us, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you use the example of just looking down at the landscape on a plane, the landscape the landscape stays flat the entire flight, doesn't it? <laughs> Exactly. 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 And and you get, you know, earth plane, airplane. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. What are they telling um, us? This, this uh, old world order that that we're talking about today. um, People get to it from coming from different angles. Like for flat earthers like myself and um, we come to, we're at, we're already past flat earth. We know it's, we know we're in some kind of level lake we're basically in a lake there's like a prison lake and there's a bunch of lakes there's all this hidden land everywhere they just got us contained and they tell us we're in a ball just so that uh, you don't you're not you don't need to go anywhere don't explore the south pole you're in a ball you're just going to go in a circle you there's, it's really like the truman show um so we're already past that like so now it's like damn now that we know we're in a lake and there's probably a bunch of lakes like infinite lakes everywhere um, like this is the Earth Lake. Uh, now we're getting into history and the 1800s and the 1700s, and like, okay, so we're in some kind of Westworld type shit. Let's find out more about it. We're like, we're like beyond flat Earth now. It's like that's old school. But then there's people like you that got into um, uh, real history and uh, um, taking apart uh, mainstream history, and then eventually. You'll go, damn, if they lied about all this shit, they may have lied about what we're on and what space really is. I mean, they're saying the sun is 93 million miles away. Not 90 fucking three. That's ridiculous. The sun is probably about 3,000 miles. It's close. And it's going around us. And it's really close. It's local. Same thing with the moon. We're in, there, we're, the sun and the moon are electromagnetic luminaries of some sort and the the center of this lake we're in is the north pole that's where um and all the stars above us the the polaris is right above the north pole and that's the only one that's fixed and all the stars go around it just like the sun and the moon go around the center of uh this this lake which is the north pole south is 
the shore. Like the south is um, anywhere you go south, you're going to run into a 200 foot ice wall. Plenty of video of it. There's massive video of this. They go ice wall. It's ridiculous. Where's the video? Uh, go on YouTube and just there's there's a 200. We're in a lake. We're surrounded by ice. The uh, Antarctica is not. They say we're spinning four different ways at speeds you can't see. They say we're spinning a thousand miles an hour on our axis one way. 60,000 miles an hour around the sun and the sun is going 600,000 miles an hour around the center of the Milky Way yet we're going around the sun and then the Milky Way is spinning aimlessly through the universe at a million miles an hour so we're spinning four different directions at speeds you can't see and yet we're still we're still nothing is moving we're totally still we don't we're spinning 600,000 miles an hour around the milky way it's ridiculous so they got us to believe some ridiculous stuff people just accept it because when you first day of school you see that globe oh man i have a son and we go to uh kids uh departments and kids sections and stores it's all space and nasa space dinosaurs space nasa dinosaurs space nasa all bullshit you know i don't know if you looked into dinosaurs but dinosaurs is all bullshit too so much i was gonna ask if i could ask say one thing eddie go for it i I didn't know if michelle ever saw the ley lines on a gleason's map you mean the the longitude and latitude lines yeah the 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 ley lines you guys were talking about earlier um apparently when you put those exact ley lines on the AE, you know, you know, the Gleason's map, whatever you want to call it, the, the flat earth map, this is the shape it connects. And look, look at the beauty of that. If this is true again, but this is what is rumored. I'm off. And what I'll, what I, my finding is I've gotten an incredible amount of information just from the work that I've done on ley lines, cities and places in alignment. Um, I believe it works both ways that, you know the ley lines are real and it it works on both projections yeah and however they get their projections for a globe you know they can you know somehow reverse it and come up with the same thing in a different format um but like i said i i have found a great deal of information just from the research that i've done on the alignments that i found and so I, I stand by, by that and I keep getting confirmation that they're accurate um, in terms of, let, let me just give you an example. So let me go back to my, my, um, my map of North America, of my original one. So I extended these major lines out that I found on the star tetrahedron. And when I was following cities and places in alignment from this bottom one from Merida, I crossed over a lot of islands in the Caribbean, um, Jamaica, Grand Cayman, uh, Granada, where the United States invaded for an uprising passed over that and I passed over Ascension Island on on the way into Namibia. Um, 
and so I'm, I'm finding some pretty interesting places in tracking these specific ley lines that I found. And Ascension Island is in the middle of the Atlantic. There's like no land around it and the ley line went right over it. And today the Ascension Island is like this intelligence paradise where they have um, listening posts and military bases and all this stuff set up there. And I, I heard from somebody recently that they, um, it's one of the places where there's a harp array set up for hurricanes. And I, and I do believe hurricanes are weather warfare, probably all of the adverse weather. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so no, anyway, it, this- uh, Hibbler, there's an, she's talking about Ascension Island. Is, is there a possibility that it's that island? Remember when we were, uh, we were, who? Kiribati is that you think it's Kiribati Island? Could it be uh, Kiribati's in the Pacific, oh, and okay, it might okay. be. Okay. It, I mean, they're. I mean, they seem to be using these little islands because they're very important um, locations. But I'm. I was tracking that alignment from Merida, Mexico, and it took me right over Ascension Island, which is like in the middle of nowhere. I'm just giving you an example of. Yeah. You know, it's it lines up. Yeah, and I think so, I think um, I think what Hitler was saying is those uh, ley lines on um, a regular map, uh, they're not as perfectly symmetrical on a flat map. All of a sudden, it's geometric art that makes sense. But when you, it's just like like when uh, you know the flat Earth. Um, movement there's so many layers you could go literally a thousand hours with proofs that we're not on a spinning ball and one of them one of them that's that's talked about a lot and is uh flight routes like when you look at a regular map like a, a mainstream map like when you go from um like uh south america to to uh, india they have you on a regular map. It doesn't make any sense. They have you going up to Amsterdam and then coming back to India. Like, why would you do that? But then when you take those flight routes and you put it on a flat map, it's a straight line. The straight line, it does go through Amsterdam, but it's on its way to India on a flat map. But when you make it round it, it or a ball, the, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense on a flat map. That's, I mean, there's so many flight um uh, routes that don't make sense on a main street map, but you put the same route on a flat map and then it makes sense. And what Hibbler was saying is those ley lines you were showing, when you were showing them on uh, like um, in the Mediterranean and Spain, you could see them and they, and they kind of like were, you know, they, it kind of looked like a geometric pattern type. But when you look at it on a flat map, it's like all of a sudden it's perfect symmetry and it's like Fibonacci series. It's like, a, you know what I mean? And, and that's an excellent point because that's really what we're talking about. That's how sophisticated and refined the original civilization and humans were. You know, they had it, they had it down pat. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was, so what, you know, it was just amazing. Where do you see us? I mean, with all this World War Three shit about to happen, I don't know what you, if you followed or not, like, what's going to happen? You, you, you have faith that, uh, that the, the good in our species will will uh, triumph over 
the evil that's trying to keep us down. And uh, I mean, there's just so much crazy shit going on. I mean, we're at the brink of World War III. It's it's maddening. What, what do you hope to accomplish with your your research and uh, your spreading of all this amazing knowledge? Well, I think the main thing is to let people know that we've all been lied to bigly and to have information where people can draw their own conclusions. Because like you said, I mean, I, I have some definite opinions about certain things, but I like people to see what I see and draw their own conclusions from it. But we need to make different decisions about how we see each other because we've been so badly manipulated and abused by this system. And and to, you know, they really can't do what they've done. It's criminal. They're criminals. And, you know, instead of blaming the, the, the your, our fellow humans for their actions based on abuse and psychological warfare to start seeing, hey, we're all in this together. Um, and, you know, we've been so conditioned by the skin color thing and the religion thing and all this other stuff that it's like, you know, let's blow a whistle and say, stop and relax, take a breath. And let's look at this differently because um, we have a much more glorious past than we could ever imagine. We're not brutes and beasts by nature. We were treated that way. We're made to think that we are, but we're not. We're not criminals by nature. We're beautiful beings by nature. And, um, you know, that it's, it's waking up to that. But then the other thing is I really encourage people just to look around where they live for the same evidence because it's there. And, you know, in a lot of cases in the older buildings, like I've been showing, courthouses, schools, you know, whatever your community has, just look at when they said it was built. And um, were they capable? Is your local local river or creek, is it actually a canal? Because I think they were canals originally and part of a, a water system, waterways. Um, we've just been taught to believe everything's natural. Yeah. Um, and uh, for anybody out there listening to this, like she just said, open your eyes, start paying attention to uh, the downtown area of your city because uh, there might be some amazing buildings there probably is i've seen them in every i've I, I was just in houston and i saw this insane building that um they just don't build no more so uh any any start um doing your research and when you find buildings video it take pictures of it send it to researchers like michelle gibson who are trying to spread the knowledge and like john levi so we all come together because john levi all his videos nowadays are just he's showing what other people are finding and we all work together and it just snowballs and hopefully we can um find um a peaceful, beautiful way out of this mess that we're in right now. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think we're that far away from knowing one way or the other. Um, but I do definitely have hope that there is a way out and that the criminals that are behind what's taken place won't get away with it and will be held accountable. How can my people find you? My website is 
piercingtheveilofillusion.com. And then my YouTube channel is Michelle Gibson. And if you type in Moors, M-O-O-R-S, it, it comes right up. Awesome. Follow her, help her out. Let's all work together to find the truth. Michelle, thank you very much. We'll, let's do this again. There's so much we haven't covered. You know, um, let's do this again. Thank you very much. I'm honored that you wanted to do my show. I have nothing but respect for you and your work. And uh, let's keep pushing. Let's keep uh, looking out. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Eddie. I really appreciate being here. And thank, thank you, you, Sean. Thank you. Have a good night. The Jiu-Jitsu Dojo is the ultimate training ground for life. Jiu-Jitsu will accelerate the evolution of your being, your consciousness, your soul. Through this amazing art, you will prove to yourself that you can master anything you set your mind to. Bravo. I leave for Brazil tomorrow. Are oh, you the fear factor guy? I'm uh, like six pounds over. Time to sweat it out. Just imagine someone that has no idea how different your game is. I'll tell you what this weekend was, man. It was a culmination point where all your hard work comes to like one great moment in time. You showed that you're a fucking champion. Guy who goes against convention. You created your own shit and figured interesting ways to get around problems in jujitsu. And shows you that great things are possible if you work hard, if you dedicate yourself and you use your creativity and you push through. Your own human potential just goes up. My 10th Planet Association has grown rapidly to over 70 academies worldwide, and their curriculums are all synced to 10th Planet headquarters located in downtown Los Angeles. I'm Eddie Bravo. I hope to see you on the mats. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake.